0: Lee Cantor here. Another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to support our sponsor, on pay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Jason Wachtell with J.W. Michaels & Company. Welcome, Jason.
1: Thank you, Lee. Nice to be here.
0: Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about J.W. Michaels. How are you serving folks?
1: Well, thank goodness we are extremely busy. Uh, JW Michaels. We focus on uh, placing high-level attorneys, compliance, IT, accounting, and finance, and HR professionals. And fortunately for us, the Atlanta market has been super, super busy. So uh, it's been a really good time to be in our industry, helping great companies hire great, you know, fellow Georgians. Um, just a very tight labor market. So it's uh, a great time, but also a very challenging time um, due to the lack of talent in the marketplace.
0: Well, do you mind if we chat a little bit about maybe both sides of that balloon? Um, If you were an employer, what can you be doing to make your uh, offer and firm uh, the one that people want to work for? What are some of the things they can be doing to attract the right
1: talent? Sure. Sure. Well, of of course, there's a few things, you know, obviously compensation is important, but there's a new, there's a new aspect of what really employers have to be focused on. And that's the hybrid model. Um, You have to listen to your employees and most employees are looking for a uh, employment opportunity where obviously they're compensated well, treated well, but also what's the hybrid schedule. So the companies that are struggling and will continue to struggle are the companies that are requiring their employees to be in the office five days a week. Now there's five days a a week there's remote and there's hybrid and what we've seen is most of our clients um, have adopted some kind of hybrid schedule that could be two days three days four days a week in the office but if you're requiring your people five days a week and you think that paying your people a fair wage is going to be sufficient um, you're going to see that not only are you going to lose some of the talent that you have but you're not going to be able to hire great talent to help your firm grow So really adapting that hybrid model, listening to your employees and sort of that separation of when the day's over, unless it's an absolute emergency, you shouldn't be reaching out, emailing your employees because what happened before COVID where people were technically on 24-7, now there has to be weekends where you don't harass your people and when the work's done, at least if it's not an emergency, you have to sort of turn it off for the day and sort of start again new the next day.
0: Now, the folks that kind of embrace this hybrid model, doesn't that mean that they're kind of abandoning the remote model? Because if I work remotely, I can live anywhere in the world and still work for this company. But if I'm working in a hybrid environment, I have to be semi-close to this employer so I can come in that one or two or three days a week.
1: Yes, you actually nailed a very good point. So um, most companies are requiring some kind of hybrid model. However, what you what you mentioned about if you're working for a firm that's remote, in theory you could be living in Idaho and be and still continue to do your job in Atlanta. What's really made the Atlanta job market, specifically Atlanta, so challenging? I mean, you have the Fortune 500 companies. Um, Atlanta or, or Georgia or, uh, is the out of the 10 most populated states, has the lowest level of unemployment. And part of the reason is you have the Amazons, the Googles, the Facebooks of the world, where generally those are in Northern California or Seattle. They would only be able to hire people in that area. Now they're saying, we're going to hire the best talent the market has to offer. So if you're in Atlanta and you're a technologist, Let's say, for example, we have no issue working remotely um, and working for us in Seattle. So what's happened is you're losing a lot of local talent in Atlanta to companies that are that are open to remote. So you're making it that much more challenging uh, in the market to hire people. So you really nailed a very good point.
0: So and now let's look at it through the eyes of the employee. What could they be doing to? Uh, be attractive to these, uh, these great employers that are out there looking for more and more talent? What could, what's some of the things that an employee can do so they get found online or however they get found?
1: Well, you know, obviously a very good networking tool is LinkedIn. I I would encourage people to have a strong profile on LinkedIn. Um, Part of when you're looking for a new job or being as desirable as possible is networking. So networking, going to networking events. Um, You may have a neighbor down the street who is a senior employee at, let's say, Home Depot, maybe be able to get some introductions that way. Um, But also trying to broaden your skill set. So maybe before you were very narrow focused in what you did. And now with the way that the, the employment market is, you know, there's so many openings all over the place, you may go up to your boss and say, listen, I might just be in accounting, but I'd like to do a little bit more of operations. So then you're broadening your skill set, And that also makes you more desirable to your, for your future employer. Now, what, what's something on LinkedIn
0: that catches your eye? What are some kind of red flags or do's or don'ts that people can be doing on LinkedIn that catch the eye of people like you?
1: Well, the first thing is LinkedIn has all these algorithms. So the first thing you got to do is you have to sort of fill out your profile to be a fully completed profile. Otherwise, you're on the bottom of the algorithm. So LinkedIn has a sort of uh, policy on what you need to do. You need to make sure your your profile is completely filled out. Second thing is you need to explain what you do in your description, whether that's LinkedIn or Monster. Um, you need to have a very broad uh, understanding of what you do and really how do you articulate that. And the other thing is, no one really wants to see job hoppers. So if you're taking a job every six months to a year, that's generally a little bit of a red flag when a recruiter or a, a Home Depot or Coca-Cola is looking at, your, at, at you on LinkedIn or Monster, you have a new job every six months. So that's not, a, that's not a positive. So really the first thing is sort of expanding, expanding your description, making sure it's very clear what your roles and responsibilities are. Another helpful thing is no matter what you're doing, how you might've saved the company money. How you might have made the company money, and how you were able to deal with a tough problem and came up with a creative solution. Those are generally what employers and recruiters look for when they see a candidate that they get excited for to represent or send, and send to their clients.
0: Now there was a lot of headlines about the Great Resignation, and um, and a lot of people either saying uh, you know pulling the ripcord and saying okay I've had enough I have enough I don't uh, have to you know work here anymore I I can just you know, call it a day. But I have also been sensing that there is a rethinking of that, where a lot of those folks that maybe resigned or retired are saying, "You know what? This is such a great job market. Maybe I'll throw my hat back in the ring." Have you been seeing a trend in that direction, where a lot of folks that had quit maybe have either got a uh, little buyer's dissonance, where they've said, "Hey, maybe I should shouldn't have quit," or maybe it's time to even maybe look in a different direction.
1: So what we've seen a lot of is we, first off we think the Greg resignation is only going to continue to get, to get stronger and stronger. So, uh, at JW Michaels and, and most recruiting firms in our in in the industry, they, we all had record years last year. And as great as last year was, this year's even off to a much, much better start, as we can see from unemployment numbers. I think I read that the unemployment rate is as low as it was in 1968. So because of that, you know, if you left the job market and you sort you retiring, you're like, wow, I can make a lot more money if I go back to the to the to the employment world. Or you're at your company um, and you're seeing your friends making 20, 30. more at other firms, you're going to move. And that also increases to the great resignation. And then also, when now that you might have been at a company for 10 years, but you were commuting for two hours each way, now you may be able to work completely remote, work for one of those companies that I mentioned in the earlier part of this interview. And that also increases the the great resignation. So there's a lot of factors that I just mentioned that helped come to create this perfect storm uh, of why this great resignation has been so Unbelievable that no one's seen before, but also why we really believe that this is going to continue for a much longer time.
0: Now, are you seeing folks that had retired from kind of corporate jobs and going back as maybe contract workers?
1: We haven't seen as much as that. I mean, one of the major impacts of the great resignation is there's been a lot less companies leaning on contractors. They like to continue to lean on contractors, but with unemployment rates so low, contractors that were having a hard time finding full-time jobs, they've been all scooped up by all these big companies or small companies. So although companies would prefer sometimes to use contractors, there's just not a lot of, mar- of talent in the marketplace because there's so many full-time jobs there. So I think if you were a co- career contractor, a lot of the, uh, ca- those career contractors have gone uh, on full-time roles just because of their demand. And just because unemployment is so low, it's really hard to find people that are having a hard time gaining employment when when, um, when unemployment is at a record low.
0: Now, you mentioned that Atlanta is a kind of a, a unique place in terms of uh, the combination of enterprise, so many enterprise level Fortune 500 headquarters here, as well as, um, uh, the, you know, the the amount of educated workforce that we have and the, the great colleges that we have and universities that are kind of spilling into that. What are some of the other kind of characteristics you see that makes Atlanta a different market than maybe some of the other ones around the country?
1: I think you nailed a lot of the really key reasons in my opinion, but I think even before the great resignation Atlanta has been is such a fast growing city. So you have all these Fortune 500, I think it's over a dozen in in, in Atlanta or Georgia. Um, you have unemployment so low in Atlanta and you have a, a, an area that was so thriving before COVID and now it's like wow, you have all these companies, um, you have all these great people, all these great schools as you mentioned. It's like a perfect storm and affordable housing compared to the Northeast. And so you can take all those aspects, you create an environment where it's like an unbelievable place for businesses to grow and thrive uh, and employees to get great careers and, and really grow, not just professionally, but financially.
0: Yeah. I also think the diversity of the economy is is so vast that it's different. That we're not a one industry town. Correct. There's a lot of industries. And in fact, some of the Northern suburbs if they were cities by themselves, they'd be a large city unto themselves, and there's no kind of geographic boundary where a lot of the, in the coast, obviously, of the oceans, and there's a limit to the size, but in Atlanta, it's kind of in the center north of the state, so there's plenty of room to just keep growing outward, and uh, that's, you know, that's what's happening. You're, I mean, we have a film industry now that didn't exist, you know, 20 years ago, and now it's one of the top in the world
1: you have the film industry of a major tech hub now in Atlanta. Um, there's a lot of things as you mentioned that have just created this unbelievable environment for talent um, and for employees to wa- employers to want to relocate uh, to Georgia to to take advantage of that. Now are you seeing
0: uh, young people wanting to move to Atlanta from other parts of the country because there is so much opportunity here?
1: We saw that before COVID and we're continuing to see that after COVID. Um, you know generally you you know Atlanta was Um, A much smaller version of Manhattan, but you had all, if you went to University of Alabama, you go to great school like Emory, Georgia, you know, um, Auburn, you all went, everybody went to Atlanta you know, if you're in the Midwest and, you know, Chicago was the hub, Iowa, you'd go to Chicago and then you have New York. But what you're seeing is a lot of people from the Northeast scan it specifically because of the cost of living differences. You know, a lot of people have relocated down to Atlanta, companies have moved down to Georgia. And so you're, you're seeing a lot of younger people for the reasons that I mentioned have now made Georgia home more so than, than you know, let's say in the last 10 years. So now
0: in your work, uh, you, do you, work a uh, kind of industry agnostic or do you have some niches that you're are kind of um, known for sweet spot for your firm?
1: You know, in in, in our, our headquarters in Atlanta, we're really focused on accounting and finance, IT, supply chain, uh, and some human resources. That's where our bread and butter has been for the last 15, 20 years. Um, so our clients are your fortune 500 companies, manufacturing companies, finance companies that sort of spread across Um, what their disciplines are. Um, But those are the areas that we focus on.
0: So what do you need more of? How can we help you?
1: (laughs) So right now, you know, it's, it's crazy because generally um, as a firm grows, you need, you always need to continue to have clients and new job orders. Um, And so that's always what the most important thing is now. However, because it is such an employee, employee driven market, you know, any great candidate that we come across, we can generally get two or three offers the next day for that, well, I would say within that week or two of that person. So, any amazing candidate that is looking for the next great opportunity, um, we'd be so excited to talk to that person because we have so many great opportunities to discuss with them.
0: And if somebody wants to learn more about your firm and get a hold of you or somebody on the team, what's the website? Uh,
1: the website is uh, www.jwmichaels.com.
0: Well, Jason, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you.
1: Uh, thank you for having me, and my pleasure.
0: All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio.